This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. That is your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by my co-host, former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Uh, Brian, uh, first off, obviously, how are you doing today? Second, uh, were you able to get me any restaurant recommendations for my trip to Jacksonville this weekend? What time's the flight tomorrow? One. Oh, Brian, two, two. So I've got you. Okay, yeah, I swear. Got I, I've got hours. so many connections. <laughs> I got so many. I, maybe I could do it while we're doing the show. I can. I can reach out to downtown Jacksonville. Bobby, I'm working on trying to get five hundred million dollars so I could buy part of the Washington Commanders. Is what I'm trying. Oh, to do. you, you, you. So are, I've been, yeah, I've been working on getting that five hundred million dollars. So to uh, for to to. to, to give to the Snyders maybe I could get part of the commanders you know and and kind of do that that's Let's what I've been working so yeah let me right now I will I will text I will text somebody uh that I know and love in Jacksonville and give me some downtown recommendations right that's 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 it man uh so All I right. gotta ask you now now that you've made the joke about buying the commanders I, I haven't need- made the joke Bobby I'm gonna buy part of the commanders <laughs> well good that's good once you buy the commanders then here's here's my question who are the commanders not all the commanders let, let's say commanders. let's say you buy a controlling interest in the commanders I don't think they'll sell you controlling interest I think but, it, but if you, you we need 500 million right now I've got a hypo- I've got a hypothetical for you though let's say Brian, I hire myself a- absolutely not no you came not hire myself you, you no. came into a team who are some who are some people? Whether oh, wow. they be whether they be people you've worked with in the past or people you think deserve a shot to get an NFL job, like who are some people you'd hire? Like I know you would offer Dane Brugler a job. Yeah, I would. I think that with Dane Brugler and I would uh, Dane to me seems like a very good, um, like I'm not going to say because your director of player personnel is a guy that you know knows like the, the player personnel guys college and pro. I think I would focus Dane on on just like director of college, college scouting uh, coordinator, maybe college scouting, yeah, or maybe even make him like a national scout, you know, that kind of thing. I think if I brought a if I 
brought like a general manager guy in there. I'm kind of thinking who I would bring in as that guy because I think there's some really very talented uh, guys and gals around the league that uh, that I think that uh, that do a good job. I have to give that some thought, but I I would definitely look at Dane for that role of director of college scouting, maybe national scout to where he could go all across the country and kind of uh, over the top uh, some of these uh, some of these guys. I think I'll tell you who I, I'll tell you now. I think about it. I think I would hire Elliot Wolf. Uh, oh was, yeah, uh, Elliot and I. I mean, it's a great question because I mean, I'm now some names are starting to pop in my head. <laughs> but Elliot Wolf's father, Ron Wolf, hired me. Uh, you know, jeez, uh, thirty two years ago. It was mm-hmm. it was my it was December twelfth, nineteen ninety one, is when Ron Wolf hired me in Green Bay. His son Elliot is a is a outstanding player personnel guy. Works with the um, works with He's the New Patriots. England Patriots. Now, yeah. now uh, yeah, Steve Sabo is another guy who's currently a buddy of mine. He's in Jacksonville, which is really funny. I haven't got to talk to him because of Jacksonville and sure. all that going on. But very talented college scout is doing pro personnel stuff with the Jags now. So yeah, I. I swear I could come up with some really, really, really good names of guys, some good young guys, some go-getters, uh, you know, that, that could that could do this job. That's, I think a, I would so look at- that's what we need to do this offseason. When we get into the offseason, we need to have Ryan Broaddus' hypothetical scouting staff. And, and we'll, we'll put go. together your 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 guys and, and your no. group. So, you, there's, yeah, I mean, there's like Scott McLuhan. I know Scotty hasn't oh, done Scotty Scott. was a Scotty was a GM at – or director of football ops for the for the commanders, uh, the you know, and yeah, and they just they ran him out of town, you know. And I'm like, okay, you know, why? Because Bruce Allen ran him out of town. Right. We all know about what's going on with Bruce Allen, but there's some super super talented guys and gals out there. You absolutely take a run at. So speaking of, you mentioned uh, the Jaguars there a little bit. There is a football game going on this weekend uh a pretty a pretty good football team actually um i think probably better than the the five and eight record says they've been in some games that they've ended out losing yeah um i i think this is a this is closer to a you you, what you see on the field looks like around a 500 maybe slightly above 500 football team i think uh so brian let's dive into this jaguars team uh, I'll let you just kind of take the floor with your uh, your initial thoughts about this game on Sunday where the Cowboys might be able to take advantage of some things, where the Cowboys might be vulnerable uh, against uh, what the Jaguars do. In fact, I'll lead off with this. Just my first impression, Brian, and I'll, I'll let you flesh it out from here. Uh, I'm a little concerned about what this passing attack might be able to do against a a vulnerable Cowboys secondary that's been missing some guys. I, I You know, Zay Jones... Uh, you know, uh, Christian Kirk and Kirk, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, mm. by the way, fun fact, I'm sure you know this, but some others may not, uh, the son of former Cowboys linebacker, Robert Jones, that's his kid. He's uh, Carolina mighty pirate. Yes, indeed. So, uh, Brian, your, your thoughts specifically on this Jaguars passing attack and how it might stress the Cowboys. I, one of my dear friends is, is your head coach there in Jacksonville and Doug Peterson and, I, I have the utmost respect for Doug and where he's, you know, what he's done throughout his career. 
He worked with Andy Reid, won a Super Bowl in Philly. I, I think that you look at the Jaguars, they're a completely different team with him. Now, they've had some bad losses. They haven't really put some stuff together, but they've had some good wins along the way, too. Sure. And so I I think that what Doug, what Doug has done is that he's he's taken the opportunity to try and add a little bit of some little wrinkles. Not just go massive big swings, you know, at his offense and his in his quarterback. He is like, he is the he's the one guy that to me, he's taken the quarterback and he's figured it out with him. You know, he's taken him and 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 looked at him in a way of like, okay, I can't let this kid throw an interception that messes him up. I can't let him turn over the ball. I can't let him get beat up. I kind of. I got to do things that he can do. I got to build on these things on a weekly basis. And I think that's what Doug's done. And I think that that's what the Cowboys in this game this weekend, I could see Doug very well looking at things he knew about when, you know, when you go back and look at, you know, uh, Dan Quinn, maybe a history with Dan Quinn that he had or something he knew about Dan Quinn. But you could also look at the tape. You could see the Green Bay tape. You know, you could see what the Texans did. Last week, the Texans felt the only shot they had to win that game last week was to play with a quarterback that can run and a quarterback that can throw, you know, right. and, and and shuttle them in and out of the game. And I thought they had a really, really good game plan. You know, uh, you look at what maybe, uh, you know, the Eagles and what they were able to do against the Cowboys. I know that was a while back, the Giants a while back, but, you know, you could, Doug's really good at picking out one or two things that he feels like that he could take advantage of. And that's where you mentioned about the receivers and about the cornerbacks and things like that with yeah. the Cowboys. Um, you know, I, I, I could see, I could see him trying to match up with, with, uh, with uh, Christian Kirk on people, Zay Jones. I could see that uh, Evan Ingram. I could see that even though the Cowboys have done a great job of covering tight ends, Evan Ingram looks like a different player than what he looked from when he was with the Giants. Yeah. He looks like a completely different player. He looks like, he looks like the guy we all thought he could be. Flexed out, slot, wing, whatever you want to do. You know, waggle, naked boots, all that stuff that that we we kind of you kind of expected Evan Ingram. I mean, downfield player, cross the field player, catches the football, great with run after catch. You know, they've got some pieces on this offense. You know, offensive. And the quarterback, like I said, I mean, play action, uh, the stuff that they've been able to do out of the shotgun. ATN hasn't really run the ball all that well here the last couple of weeks. But it's funny how ATN, when he has success, they don't win games. You know, it's when it's when the quarterback has success that all of a sudden they figure out how to win some games. So right. this will be a tough test for Dallas because it's going to be about discipline. It's going to be about a head coach that is going to figure out ways to attack you. Now, whether he can pull it off, I know for a fact that they are more worried about Micah Parsons than they are worried about uh, Dak Prescott. Now, we'll see if it plays out that way, but there are some concerns on that Jacksonville team about what Micah Parsons brings to this this football game. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now let's talk specifically about Micah Parsons because, you know, the last couple weeks he's been a little absent. Um, and it's been two games that the Cowboys have kind of struggled in. Um, but he has just one quarterback hit in the last two weeks, kind of taken out of his game a little bit. Does this strike you as a game where he can have success? Is this a good matchup for him, you think, this Jacksonville game? Yeah, I think that to me, when you when you watch Jacksonville play, and there's clearly, you know, and we'll see. I didn't see an injury report today, Bobby. What's up with uh, with Walker? Did you see an injury report today? With Walker's been dealing with an ankle uh, yeah. the entire time. Yeah, let me see what the actual where they I have didn't see him a report. at. He's listed. And, and, he's listed as questionable. Okay, well, but, but probably, I think he's playing. Probably plan on him playing. Okay, if he didn't play, they were going to have problems with the pass rush. I think you know Josh Allen. I think is a good player for them. Okay, I really, really like Josh Allen as a player. I liked him coming out of Kentucky when they drafted him. But Walker is a difference maker rushing the passer, in my opinion, because they move him around, hand down, stand up. You know, he's a little bit like Micah Parsons. We saw that with him at Georgia last year. You know, he is he's one of those kids that he can get the corner, he can redirect, he can work under guys. You know, let's see how limited he is in this game, but they're gonna need him. But this secondary for Jacksonville gives up some yards. They will give up some yards. They will give up some plays. So now the problem you run into is for for them, for Jacksonville, is with the receivers, and we've seen CeeDee Lamb and Gallup and others have some success. You know, the tight ends have some success. That's going to be a hard cover for those guys. But the one thing that Jacksonville will do is their secondary will knock you unconscious if they can and I say that with, with Andre Sisko and guys like that, they've got some guys that will hit back there. So Cowboys had, you know, going across the middle, running her, you know, down the field, be ready for these guys, Jenkinson's those guys punching at balls, trying to knock you out, knock the ball loose and all that, because that's really how they, that's how they're going to get turnovers. That's how they're going to stay in the game because they do give up some plays when it comes to down the field passing game. And, Teams have had some success running the football on them as well. Usually when you play with that kind of physicality, there there's two ways that, that teams uh, can be described with that type of physicality, I feel like. There's there's playing under control. It's a, a controlled physicality. And then there's some some reckless physicality that, that yeah. can lead to... Uh, Big plays. Yeah. Is, is Jacksonville's more a, a sort of reckless uh, physicality that, that makes them susceptible? Or or do they just do they they hit hard and they take chances, you know, jabbing at the ball and it's largely under control? Yeah, I think I think they're 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 more of the take to take control, kind of keep in control. I mean, I, I I'll say this though. I watched Kansas City, you know, I watched them play against the Lions. And then I watched this last game that they that they just had, and I was kind of like, I uh, I against Tennessee. I was impressed with how they played with against Tennessee, even though Tennessee was one of these teams with their running game and all that, the physicality what they play with. I thought they matched Tennessee really well, and then exceeded Detroit. I didn't think they they matched that at all. I didn't think like that they were. If they didn't look ready to play. They looked like that. Maybe Detroit's a good team right now. 
if you don't if you don't match Detroit's physicality, they can make you look bad. Detroit sure can take into the playoffs. They, yeah. they might. So and then Detroit. I mean, they Detroit did a great job of throwing the ball. I mean, they running the ball, throwing the ball, really balanced, really good job. They defensively, they were really good. I watched the Kansas City game. Here's Jacksonville opening play of the game, onside kick. You know, to start the game. They go onside kick to start the game. And now you're going, oh, geez, here you're playing one of those teams, you know, that's willing to do anything that they have to do. But Kansas City, and we know Kansas City can run the football. Kansas City can throw the ball down the field. They can throw drags and things like that. It was a problem for Jacksonville to have to deal with all that. It really, really was. But, you know, I should have watched the Philadelphia game. Jacksonville was up 14 nothing, and then that thing kind of fell apart for him a little bit in, in that game. So they've been capable all year long of playing well, but they've also had those moments, too, where they've looked really, really bad. I can see the Cowboys trying to take advantage of some of the things in the secondary. They block the front, and all of a sudden now it's Dak throwing the ball with guys that are kind of running open because of the way that Jacksonville's playing their scheme. Curious for this one. I, I know you believe this will be a tough game, uh, and it, I think it will too. I think there will be a little bit of back and forth, and it's a game certainly I think I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville even won it. I've got a 28-24 Cowboys victory here, a game I think the Cowboys largely win in the air. Brian, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of feel like, Bobby, you're going along the right path as far as a close game. I think both defenses are going to be under attack in this game. You know, I think it's going to be, can somebody get that one or two stops in the second half? You know, Dallas has done a good job last week against the Texans, only giving up three points. Ball, you know, interception, sudden change, having to defend off the goal line. I've got Dallas winning this game. I do agree with you about, and you can say this about any game, oh, oh, they could win or they could lose. I think this is one of those games where they could win or they could lose. I do have Dallas winning this game. I have it big. I have it 35-31. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game by both teams. I just – what defense is going to be able to get that stop? And it might not be the final stop, but it might be the stop at the four-minute mark that allows that allows the other team, you know, allows that the team that got the stop to get into a four-minute offense and try and kill the game. Dallas 35, Jacksonville 31. With such a high-scoring game and assuming that's going to be – Coming with a lot of the passing attack. Do you anticipate yeah. Monday morning where we're, we've got a fan base that's feeling a little better about Dak Prescott's play? I think that the fan base should feel great about getting into the playoffs and beating a team that is – Jacksonville knows that they're not going to have their home crowd. I mean, they know that Dallas is going to take over the stadium. They know that. This is a big game for them too. You know, they feel like that Tennessee is on their way down. You know, and they feel like that maybe they can they can win this thing out and then find a way to get into the playoffs and by winning uh, the winning the AFC South. So this is a huge game. I know for a fact the people in Jacksonville are, are. I keep saying I know for a fact because I know a lot of people down there, but I know that they they are really they're anxious to see how their team is going to play. They also believe though that Dallas kind of caught a little bit of like. Uh, last week of maybe overlooking Houston yeah. in that football game. They don't think that's going to happen. And they're, they're like, listen, they're going to watch our tape. They're going to see some things they can attack us with, but they're also going to see some things that we can attack them with as well. You know, 
they feel like they're a pretty good football team going the right direction here since about week nine. If you look at what Trevor Lawrence has done, 10 touchdowns, no interceptions, like 1,300 yards passing, quarterback rating, I think, of a 111. They've done some really, really good things uh, here recently with uh, him playing quarterback. It should be uh, a fascinating game. Uh, and, and really quickly, before we wrap up this segment, Brian, uh, you, you remember uh, the, the last game the Cowboys played in Jacksonville? Uh, 2006. And it was the debut of who? Uh, Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. First game, Terrell Owens. That's how long it's been. Was since that David was- Girard at quarterback for uh, Jacksonville? I think it was Leftwich because there's a photo that's been going around this week of Leftwich and T.O. in a Cowboys uniform taking a picture after oh. the game. Um, but but either way, uh, that, that'll tell you how long it's been since the Cowboys have played in Jacksonville. The last time Cowboys played in Jacksonville, Tony Romo had never started a game. I don't think he'd ever gotten yeah. into a game um, yeah. by that point. It was Drew Bledsoe and uh, Terrell Owens uh, hooking up for a late touchdown to make that one 24-17. I think they ultimately lost it 31-17. Uh, but it's been a minute. It's been a while. All right. You ready real quick? I'm, as we close this off, oh, I'm going to give you a rest it. Give it ready? to me. Yep. Okay. There's a place called Calford. C-O-W-F-O-R-D, Calford okay. Chop House. Bread and Board is another one. Black Sheep is in a place called in Riverside. And then there's B&B in San Marco, uh, Tavera in San Marco, place called Rue, R-U-E in San Marco, Matthews in San Marco were the names I've got. So, all right, I'm marking, I'm, mar- I'm marking these down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll have to figure out which one. I'll send you, I'll send you the text. There I'll we go. The te- there, there we go. The All right, <laughs> you're listening to the Love of the Star pa- podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can catch it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.